This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. What is your name? Jonas Dahlgren from Sweden. That is how you pronounce it? No, actually, everybody's asking me. So in Swedish, we say Jonas. 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 And here in America, I say Jonas. Jonas. And in French, they say Jonas. So wherever I go, people are asking me, how do you pronounce it? But apparently, not, not a lot of people can do that. So Jonas is fine. All right. Yeah. And uh, what is your primary role in the line dance community? Uh, I do a lot of competition. And that's how I started to do line dance. And then I started to do more social. And so I'm a choreographer today. So I'm a teacher and a choreographer and a compet- competitor dancer. And how did you get started in each of those fields, competition, choreography, instruction? So I began back in 1998, so it was my grandma's brother and his, her, his daughter that started dancing and they were asking me if I want to tag along. So I said, yeah, why not? So we came there and I tried it out and since that day I just continued. So within a year I did all the classes at that school, it was a big school, we were like 1,500 members. Uh, so I did like 10 classes per week and then I started with competition training. I had my first competition the same year. And since then I've been doing competition, competition and you know, dancing. So it's been my life since I was eight. So 19? 20 years now. Yeah, I was going to say 1998 doing the math in my head. <laughs> you, you're such a young guy too, you wouldn't expect that you've been doing it for so long. Time flies when you have fun, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> How long was it before uh, you, you decided, you know, I'm not just going to be one of the dancers, I'm really going to be part of this. I'm going to put something back out there and you know, write some dances. I think it's because I love what I do so much and I get so much joy out of dancing. So when I start to do some teaching back in my class, back at home, I felt like I can do something, I can make a difference because I can make people smile. I can see that I have something that makes people, you know, they like it. So if I can share this passion with so much people, as much people as possible, that's what gives me the, you know, the happiness in dancing and teaching. When you teach, what does like the, the typical breakdown of your class look like? If I were a new student, uh, never danced before, what would that look like? And how would you do your classes uh, for those folks all the way up to intermediate? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I would say in the beginning, have a fun dance. Easy fun dance. Let them feel the music. Don't let them think too much about the technique, foot positions and all that. Just have an easy fun dance. And then you teach another fun dance. So, so the first time you do dance, line dancing, it should be fun. And it's always fun. But you need to keep it simple, but very happy music. Mm-hmm. Like what, what dances would go along with that? Depending on the crowd, well, the ages of the people. Mm-hmm. So you found, like, older people like some more cozy dances, you know. They don't want to have these party dances. They want to go, you know, feel the music. They have their music, and the younger folks like to have more, what is the name? Wobble and all those oh. things. Oh, yes. Keep it simple, electric slide, you know. So they can also use it when they're with friends, when they go out to bars and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, electric slide seems to be an international language of itself. You take that to a wedding, bar mitzvah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's fun. Party. And you know, and then when you come up to novice, to start. What I do is that for me, uh, everything comes from the feet because, as I told you, I'm a competitor dancer from the beginning. So, what I learned is that if you have your feet correct, the rest of the body will be correct. So when I start to do my novice classes, well, con- well, continuing classes, I start to teach them the foot positions and teaching them why they are so important. It's not about competition, it's about how you put your feet so you don't hurt your knees or your hips or your back. Because if I ha- start to have classes, I want them to stay 
for as long that time as possible. But if I don't teach them to put their feet right, I know that they're going to have problems with their body within a couple of three years, two or three years. So that's why that's, I don't know the English word, but we say ergonomic in Swedish, ergonomical. Oh yes, ergonomics, yeah. Ergonomics, so I'm working a lot with that. So why do you shape your body this way so you can have the preparation to make a turn? Mm. Why is it so important to make a step turn in a certain position because you're thinking about your body? Mm. Where did you receive your training in that? Do you have uh, uh, people who are experts in this, especially in, in line dance, that you listen to for, for tips on that sort of thing? Oh, because I started back in 1998. Uh, Roy Vedonk and Darren Bailey was a lot in Sweden. Mm. And so they are basically my, my foundation, you know. And they have so, they know so much. And I, I'm expunging everything I hear because for me this is so important because I want to do, I don't want to hurt myself either. So for me that was very interesting. Mm. So and then I continued with the competition and I had some different coaches. So I had Matt Oakley from England. I don't know if you know who he is. And then Sue Wilkinson from England. This is a new name for you guys. Mm. But they are very big in Europe mm. back in the days, competition-wise. So, and then, because Roy has been a big inspiration for me as well, teaching-wise. So, I always try to go to different people's classes. Like, uh, everyone that is here. Like, I see Joe Thompson. I want to go and see Will Craig. What is the unique thing? What do they do? What do they teach? What is the technique when they, you know... Some people, it's like they do eight counts and then they change the wall and do the second wall eight counts. So everybody got different techniques. So I, you know, I try to sponge as much as possible so I can learn. And that's why this event is great because I can just go and sit and watch and, you know, you learn the dance by watching normally if it's an easy dance, but just the way how is people teaching. And have you collaborated with any of them in uh, teaching or creating dances? Yeah, I've done some with Roy, I've done with uh, Jose, I've done with Roy Hatsubroto. So, because they are European, so you meet, we meet a lot, you know, it's on so much events and I know them now for so many years, so it's a big world, but it's, uh, you know, you, you know almost everyone. Yeah, I was going to ask you, are there any folks that you would consider like your peers, the people who really get it the way that you do for, you know, the 20 years you've been doing it, maybe somebody else has been doing it for you know, 19 years. Who are the people that you, you consider to be uh, following the same path you are? I would say Raymond Sarlemine, if you know him, because he's been working a lot with me, helping with the competition as well. But he thinks a lot like me, that everything comes from defeat, same as Roy. So, yeah. Yeah. What are, what are some of the dances that you're proudest of? The ones that... Um, that you feel like just flowed the best and hit at the right time and people have enjoyed? I think that was just before this event last year. It was to take me to the river. Oh, yeah, huge hit. And we, we, used, we made it in France. We, Roy and I met up at the event and we said, let's do a dance together. And I had this song uh, for a long time and I played it for him and he just felt in love with it directly. So we started doing it and half an hour later it was done because the music speaks for itself. So it's very easy to, because he's thinking in the same direction I do sometimes, well, most of the times. So we hit along very well and choreographed it. So people liked it. And for me, so when I came here, they didn't know my name. They called me Mr. Take Me to the River. <laughs> oh, you're that Take Me to the River guy. <laughs> so everybody knew me before I even came here. So because if, if that wouldn't be a hit, not a lot of people would have known me. So yeah, that's the one I'm very proud of. 
what does that process look like when you decide you know, I've got a song I'm, and especially working with another person that can change everything what does that process look like for creating a dance from beginning to end does something stick out for you or do you just start at count one do you start at the middle normally all the songs has a highlight in the music mm-hmm. yeah, crescendo so I think it's that sometimes you start in the beginning sometimes you start in the middle or you have a big ending mm-hmm. so you see everything depends on the music mm-hmm. and that's the good thing when you're co-choreographing with someone else that they have their style and I have my style so we try to find a path where everything comes together as one so you can see that oh you can see that Roy has been doing this and Jonas has seen this as well so we got the personalities in it both mm-hmm. of us you know is there a style that you would identify as your own and are there any other styles you're trying to branch out into to learn more about in, in Europe, you know, the, the, you know the, age, the, age is, the age of the people is, you know, they're getting older and older. It's not so much people, young people coming in. And so uh, in Europe, you don't do a lot of funky dances because they don't want to do that. They want to have everything from chachas to waltzes. And, you know, and the level is more, like I would say, improve level. The level is the highest, you know, that's what you want to do. I don't speak for the UK because I know they're dancing a little bit higher levels. Uh, but I try to, you know, mainstream. And I'm a competitor dancer, so I really like nightclub and I like waltzes. So I think that's what I like to do because for me, music drives dancing, as I said. And I keep, like nightclub too, so it really gets to me because there's so much emotions in it and you can work with the body. And when I'm teaching it, I can teach them to work with the flow. Not to teach them the per- perfect technique, but just listen to the music embrace the music where do you find that music how do you find music that speaks to you but hasn't been covered by many other people somehow because you know everybody got Spotify right right <laughs> yeah. you know you can see the top 10 charts but you can also go for like <laughs> different you know you can look for what was a hit back in 1999 and you have so much music and you find one song that is really good or you can find a famous song and you just press like okay albums from that artist mm. and then you can find so much more music that hasn't you know hasn't gone big yet but you know it's the same you know they know that this artist but he has so much more music that not a lot of people know of so hmm. I think that's how I find it from if I know he's a good artist I try to look for other songs that he's made how long is your to-do list of songs now Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, that's the hardest thing. When you travel a lot, people, like, especially in France, because one weekend I can be in Toulouse, the next weekend I can be in Carcassonne, that is like two and a half hours away. So people is going to the both events. So I cannot teach the same dances on both weekends. Maybe I can have one or two maximum, but they want to have new dances. So I try to um, teach other French dances and other choreographers like, good dances, because you cannot keep up to choreograph, because you have to feel the music. You cannot just choreograph a dance if you don't feel anything, because then it doesn't come from the heart. And then they won't feel anything. And they won't feel anything. So that's that's what I learned, that if you have a really good feeling, you have a, um, you feel it when you choreograph it, that's when people see when you're on stage that you really enjoy the music. Mm-hmm. And they can feel what you're feeling, you know, that kind of thing. But of course, everybody likes difference. So some people don't like that music, and some people do. Mm-hmm. So you always have to find out because in America, everybody is so much different people and so much different areas here that likes different stuff. So for me coming to America, I'm a newbie. 
So I have to like find my place. Who am I here? What do they like? What can I do? You know. Is there anybody on your choreographer wish list? People that you would want to choreograph with if you ever had the opportunity? Oh my. And have you ever told them this? No, that's okay. <laughs> that's a very good question. You know, in Sweden, I can go back from when I began, we didn't learn so much. They, they said, okay, this is the name of the dance, it's 48 counts, blah, blah, blah. But they didn't tell us anything about the choreographers. They didn't even say the name. So when I grew up, I didn't, you know, I, I knew Roy because he was coming to Sweden. But I didn't know Joe Thompson. I didn't know Rachel. I didn't know these people. So, so when I come to France, it's like Rachel is huge over there. She's huge everywhere. She's huge. Yeah. But I know, okay, I knew her. But like Joe, Kin uh, Joe Thompson, I didn't have a clue who she was when I came here last year. So we, we were at the mall eating, Guillaume, uh, Jose and Daniel Trepat. And she came and they were standing up and went there and hugged her. And I was like, oh, who is this lady? <laughs> oh boy. So I took my hand and said, hello, my name is Jonas. He said, hello, I'm Joe. And then we were just like, look at me, don't you know Joe? Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, no. And then he told me all, everything about her. So later that night, when the open dancing started and they were starting to do dances, I realized I know all of her choreographies. So mm. I, know, I know her, but uh, I don't know the story behind them. Right. You know? So I'm, that's why I'm learning so much now when I start to do, travel around and meet these choreographers that you know, everybody has a story and everybody... So I'm just... I would love to choreograph with a lot of people, but I need to learn more about them and more about their choreographies. Because, like, some big choreographers here, we don't dance their dances in Europe, so I don't know them. So I'm learning so much every time I come here. I get to meet them, I get to... So I will come back to you with that answer later on. Okay. Now, you mentioned Joe and Rachel, and one of the things I find <coughs> really unique about them, just, just I don't know, the, the hearts they have, they're, they're always thinking about others, they're thinking about the dancers, like, is everybody having a good time? And I've noticed uh, there's a bit of that quality in you as well, where, where you seem to really think about our, how are the dancers doing, are they enjoying these dances, and uh, like when you're doing demos, it's like it's all for them, so that they'll get excited to do these dances that uh, they'll be doing over the course of the weekend. Is there anything in your upbringing, maybe like uh, parents that raised you a certain way, or you know, role models you had, where, where do you get that sense of just otherness and sharing? Because I think in Sweden, you think, I think that's a positive and negative side, that mm. you think so much about others. Sometimes you f <coughs> probably forget yourself, but I, I love, like I said before, I love so much what I do, and I want to share it with everybody that, you know, that wants to learn. Mm -hmm. So if I can give them a feeling that, you know, I'm there for them, I'm not here for myself. So, you know, it might could be my mom as well. <laughs> Shout out to mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if people wanted to contact you, ask follow-up questions, how, how would they do that? What's the best way for them to get in contact? To contact with me, um, send an email, write on Facebook. You can give me a call, it's okay. <laughs> oh, and uh, what, uh, what would your email address be that they would best be able to get to the top of the inbox? So, I would say info at jonasbacktobasic.com. Jonasbacktobasic.com. Yes. All right. And if there's a message that you had for all the people out there who are listening, the, the continents and continents of, of dancers out there, what is something that you'd like to share with all of them? Maybe something for them to think about or something to do? Just have fun when you dance. Don't think too much. 
Mm. You know, people think too much, and when you dance, just go with the music, have fun, share the love mm. of what you do. Before I get to my final question, I'm going to pass the mic over to Megan to see if uh, there are any, any thoughts or questions that she may have. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about while you were talking was how much traveling you've been d- doing, whether it be for competition or just instruction and everything. Um, what's some of the best experiences about the different areas? Because like, obviously we're going to be completely different than anywhere else, as well as I know personally like this event from that event from this event can be completely different. What's like some of the best things you've found? Oh wow, that there's so much amazing people around the world. And as you say, everybody's different. Same thing in France. The people from the north, they're so different to the people in the south. Uh, and I guess the same thing here. Because when I went to the marathon and to Indianapolis, you see that it's different people. And for me to meet new people, that makes me happy because everybody has a story. And for me, that's, I think, why I do this as well because I get the opportunity to meet so much people. And most, most I would say, because you learn so much from everyone you meet. Small things, and that makes me grow also as a person. Um, One of the things I like to ask is, outside of line dance, one of your, I I phrase it as a guilty pleasure, but something that just you love to do. It's one of your favorite things outside of dancing. Oh, I do actually. I'm a nurse as well. So I'm working at a um, retirement home for people with Alzheimer's. It's not a hobby, but I really love to be there because, you know, that's somewhere where I can really make a difference. And it's not in a hospital, it's more, you know, it's just a feeling that you can help someone to get from A to B and make their life, you know, worth living. And for me, that feeling gives everything for me. So, and when I'm home, you know, I, how can you say because I travel a lot, I try to do so much as possible during the week because I have my regular classes at home and during nights I see friends and I have my girl from back home so we try to travel a little bit as well but she's in school so we try to travel so much we can together but she cannot fly away on the weekends as I can so we try to go to small trips and do something stuff together so keeping myself busy. Um, <clears throat> when how do I word this when you're listening to music for choreography yeah. um, what are some of the things that you look for for it to speak to you whether it be like obviously like a lot of people have a different way that they go about it um, some people look at like the timing first some people look at um, if there's a build into the song or some people just you know like they'll really really connect with the lyrics is there a particular order that you look in or is it just literally whatever catches your ear when I hear a song I usually put my earplugs in and I close my eyes lay on the bed trying to absorb the music and some music has a very fantastic text and some music has a fantastic rhythm and you know for me it's about a combination that you get the feeling that something's happening in the music you can have highlights in the music and you feel when you when you hear it you feel wowed you know so just you know closing my eyes listening to it and it's not so important about the text sometimes you know just if you have a piano can you just make a difference in a song 
Okay. Yeah. Um, as a, I guess, early newbie in when it comes to teaching and choreography, um, my question is, what kind of advice can you give to the people out there who are looking to get into teaching or are just starting out, as well as someone who's looking to get really into choreography and to put out something that they really, really want? I think it's look and learn. Because that's why I said before, I always try to go in and just sit and look. What do they do? What is the, you know, if you want to get in, because if you speak to them and say, okay, what do you do? That is, you know, what did you do when you began? How did you learn? And you learned your story. And I think that's how you learn as well. And don't think too much. Just be yourself. And try to meet so much people as possible and talk to them because you learn so much by talking. Because as we said before, everybody's different. And you like to learn maybe counting, like you want me to count. And you want me to say the steps so don't be afraid to ask in your class, do you, prefer, do you want me to count it? Do you want me to say the steps? Do you want to have a mix of that? Do you want me to say quicks and slows in a nightclub, for example? They will tell you, and it makes it easier for you. And you learn these people faster and faster. And, yeah. Okay. Um, and one last uh, thought. When people approach you for, um, I guess, lack of a better term, employment, so for to teach at a gig, uh, what kind of things do you look at to be like, yes, I really do want to be involved in this particular event? Um, because obviously uh, there's certain things that like will attract you to one thing or the other, whether it's like, oh, this is one of those very, very small intimates or I've always wanted to work with this person or something like that. That is a very good question. For me, it's about the feeling I get... From you know, because it's like I've been at the mar- I've been in America and at the marathon and at uh, Indianapolis. I didn't know these people. I didn't know the event. So for me, it's just also a, a way for me to explore. Because you can go there and you can find that it could be amazing to go there, or you feel like oh I didn't have a good feeling, you know, and then you know that for the next time. So I think to try it once is always good because then you can really go back to yourself and say what do I think. Because it's hard to know when you don't know the event. (laughs) So, yeah. All right, and one final question. What dance would you recommend everyone go out and learn right now? She sets the seat on fire. Hmm. And who choreographed that dance? (laughs) It's my beautiful girlfriend, Johanna Ludin, and a good friend from Sweden also, Emil Setterström, and me. So we had a weekend. He came up from where he lives, four hours away, and... We just found this song and we just started to have fun with it and I just get happy when I hear the music and with the steps together, you know, it makes me, you know, feels amazing. So she sets the seat on fire. Check it out. You can find it on Copenhagen. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jonas, for sitting down and chatting live dance with us. And we'll see you on the dance floor. Yeah, we will.